0: putting people's in a place where they can do their unique ability. And when you're doing your unique ability, the clock just spins fast. You don't look at the clock, your head's down. You look up, it's lunchtime. Like what happened? You look up It's the end of the day. That's when you know you're in the zone.
1: Welcome to the job shop show and more time selling.
2: This episode is sponsored by our friends at the NTMA, the National Tooling and Machining Association. The NTMA is an association of privately held, entrepreneurial based, and family owned businesses representing nearly 1,200 small to mid sized machine shops and tool and die shops across the country. They have approximately 30 very active regional chapters that host local events, run apprenticeship programs, and provide other services to their regional members. As an association of peers, The goal of the NTMA is to help members of the U.S. precision custom manufacturing industry achieve profitable growth and business success in a global economy through networking, workforce development and training, technology, best practices education, advocacy, programs, and services with industry partners. To learn how your company can get involved with the NTMA, including how to join, visit ntma.org. Shazam!
1: This is Jay Jacobs. Welcome to the Job Shop Show. This is a special show today as we have back one of my favorite people in manufacturing and just a super smart guy, Steve Lynch. Steve was on about a year ago. And if you didn't listen to the first podcast with him, I encourage you to do so before this one. Steve was with me at Rapid. And a little over a year ago, he and his partner started Approved Sheet Metal, buying a small sheet metal company in Hudson, New Hampshire. He and I talked about the start of Approved Sheet Metal, and now he is back a year later to discuss what has happened over the past year as he was faced with both the challenges of owning a new business as well as COVID. So let's jump in. Welcome back, Steve.
0: Welcome, thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. I wanna start with asking you probably the most important question. Do you bring your dog to work?
0: Sometimes I do, A little mascot.
1: Yeah. And do you let them out on the floor? I'm just thinking of some of the... No, just in the
0: office. Yeah.
1: It must be tough on the paws.
0: She mostly comes in on the weekends when not many people are here. Yeah. Excellent. But our little dog is Maggie, little Carn Terrier. Me and Danielle, my wife, we bought the dog so I can make sure I kept her. And then a year later, we got married. So (laughs) it's pretty cool.
1: That was quite a while ago though, right?
0: Yep. She is 13,
1: flies by. Let's really start with the name, Approved Sheet Metal. Why Approved Sheet Metal?
0: I think that the approved thing kind of carried me through the rapid years. People would come to ideas, and I would love when people got involved or had an idea, so I would always say approved, and it was something very positive. I do enjoy saying it every time. I say it still three or four times a day here. And I love to encourage people to test out their ideas because even if they fail, we get more ideas behind it. And if we can overcome the fear of people having an idea, then you get more ideas and the people closest to the work have all the answers and everything I've learned at rapid is just so exponentially elevated now that I am in charge of everything It's very easy. To not be in charge and just second guess or say, how come I'm not doing this or how come I'm not doing that or kind of lead from behind. But it's much different when you have to kind of own or be responsible for the financial side of things, as well as customer happiness, employee happiness. There's definitely a lot more to it than just looking at your manager and second guessing how come he's not doing this. So I want to thank you for all the things you've done, actually, because we were in a hyper-growth company for all these years, and you really did a fantastic job. And oh. I always look up to what you've accomplished and how you did it.
1: Thank you, Steve. I appreciate that, and I probably approved quite a few projects <laughs> that you came to me with. So that that was fun. I didn't I didn't say approve, but I remember the joy that people would have and the laughter when you would uh, yell that out. <laughs> so you just mentioned some ideas I was going to ask you later in the podcast but since you brought it up jump into it and you weren't an owner at Rapid looking back when you were someone who got a paycheck are there things now that you understand that didn't make sense then and I'm asking for the listeners who are not shop owners, but who are actually getting a paycheck at a shop today. And if you have stories, real specific examples, that would be great.
0: To sum it up in a few words is that when you're just working in a shop, you take for granted where the work is coming from. Like we tried to hold down the estimating room. I mean, the inbox is always full. Mm -hmm. We never had to worry about filling that inbox or what happens when that inbox dries up or if there's too much stuff in the inbox, it was just, we came in and the work was there and you kind of take that for granted. But we have shop meetings all the time. And I like to kind of simplify things up to how I would like to hear it on the shop floor. And I call it like making food for the shop. So Mm. sometimes you overcook and sometimes you don't cook enough. And sometimes you're serving the shop broccoli and spinach and they don't really like the work, but it's going to make them stronger in the end. And sometimes you just get steaks. You get the one band brackets that are easy to plow out but trying to be that cook and feeding the shop and protecting all of your teammates with work and good work and still balancing the financial side of things where you're monitoring your gross profit, your spending, you know, why are you hitting the numbers? Can you improve the process faster? Do you have to hire? Are you growing at a certain rate? Like it's freaking so much more than I assumed. I love it because I'm a workaholic and I enjoy what I do and I love challenges and I definitely have a lot of challenges now. And I look at them that way too.
1: So you just mentioned a whole bunch of things about finances. Did you really think about that when you were? (laughs) No,
0: (laughs) let's go back to that. It was awesome. It's like, ah. (laughs) So what do you
1: say to someone who's listening now who is not an owner?
0: What should they think about that? It is so easy to say, why did they take this job? Or we shouldn't be doing this. This job's not a good fit. But when you're trying to fill your shop up and hit your hourly rate with jobs, I mean, it's a good fit no matter what, (laughs) you know? We have to get this job out. This is where the work's coming from this week. Next week, I mean, the same customer could give us your steak versus your broccoli. Mm -hmm. And you're protecting their shop when you can fill your backlog. Having a strong backlog is amazing. And it makes you feel so good and, and safety, but.
1: Well, and it doesn't just happen.
0: It doesn't just happen, does
1: it? <laughs> Let's go back to a year ago and you were just getting approved sheet metal up and running. Let's just talk a little bit about what you were thinking at that time. Did you have a vision for approved sheet metal, a HAG?
0: So I still have a vision. And really, again, I I enjoy what I do through all the training and classes you've sent me. The one big thing that I, I'm not a fact finder, so I filter out a lot of data, but the things that stick with me stick with me. And it's putting people's in a place where they can do their unique ability. And when you're doing your unique ability, the clock just spins fast. You don't look at the clock, your head's down, you look up, it's lunchtime. Like what happened? You look up, it's the end of the day. That's when you know you're in the zone and What I'm trying to do now is discover and work with people to find out what their unique abilities are and then find a shop. Hopefully we have enough of that work to do, but put them in those unique abilities. And it sounds very simple when you do it like that. It's not, it's challenging, but when you put the right pieces in place, it it is magical because people enjoy it. You get amazing results, ideas, and they're happy. And that's really, if I had a shop that wasn't making a lot of money and everyone's happy, that's literally success to me right now because I love coming to work. I enjoy what I do. I like opening the door and being able to be happy and if people aren't happy around me, then I can't show you know my levelness mm-hmm. And I'm just a positive person. I just wear out people
1: <laughs> So you made a great point. People are happier when they're operating in their unique ability. For someone who doesn't really have a good definition of unique ability, could you just share a little more what unique ability is?
0: Yes. So some people like to learn. Some people don't like to learn. Some people like to work with their hands, like hairstylists or people that like to do stuff with their hands. And those make awesome assemblers. And it's just you think people think like you do and they just don't like everyone thinks differently.
1: I heard a really good description of it is your unique abilities are things that just come so easy to you that you just assume that they're easy for everyone else. And you don't really recognize that it's hard for everyone else, or at least it's not something that's they want to do eight hours a day, where for you, as you said, time flies by and you're just in the zone because you just love whatever that is. And that's, I guess that's a good way if, if you agree to describe a unique ability.
0: So you and me are, are similar in scores. Your, your, your quick start is way beyond mine, which is good. But
1: And you're talking about the Colby,
0: K-O-L-D-E. I think that's a fantastic tool. But why I like challenges is because I like brainstorming. I like sitting back and thinking about the big picture. And I like finding solutions to these things. And I think the same with you. Every time you and me sat in a room or I came with a challenge to you, within two minutes, you would give me three, four, 10 different things to try. And that's very easy for you to do.
1: Yes, I guess it's one of my unique abilities. Yeah, so, And it's fun.
0: It is fun, but, but that's not fun for everyone. Some people absolutely hate that. And they just want to be a follower and be told what to do. And they enjoy that. Whereas if you tell me what to do, like you tried, it just doesn't work.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you, you would, you, you, you would pick and choose what you wanted to do.
0: The selective hearing.
1: <laughs> yes. So you have a vision from what I heard of approved sheet metal. If I can paraphrase, if you create a work environment where everyone is focusing on their unique abilities, focusing on the their skills that if everybody's plugging along that will grow the company and will make proof sheet metal, a bigger and better company.
0: So so I can, I can break this down into like real life examples. Mm -hmm. We have fantastic welders. These guys come in, they love to weld when you can give them an environment that's clean and with the right equipment and organized and have lined up the right job in the right order to weld. They love it. This is what i do i enjoy welding all day long same thing we we hired a brand new no experience grinder he came under the wing of our experience grinder and his stuff is just immaculate along with the experience grinder as well i mean the parts that come out of our place just are phenomenal and they enjoy doing it so i don't have to beg or plead for them to stay extra hours or We can just kind of communicate when the job is due. And these guys come in on a Saturday, they stay late and they do what happens to make it done. And you can't forget to celebrate the wins. Like we are growing quick. We have so many challenges, but we also have a ton of wins that we celebrate. We made it out on time, customers happy. We got another Google review. And it's just bringing that excitement into your workplace is what it should be, but it's not easy to do. And it takes up probably half my time.
1: What I want to have you think back to is when you purchased the company, this probably was not how the company operated. So, could you describe the shop because it was an existing shop? Could you just describe, I guess, the culture, the way the people were managed, so the age of the equipment, the condition of the facility? Just what did you walk into?
0: The biggest challenge so far in my career is what I walked into, and I. Thought it was going to be a lot easier. It was not. Thirteen months ago, which is not a lot of time, is when we started this. Mm-hmm. Didn't know where to start correctly. Jumped in. I was quoting and programming and trying to run the laser all myself. And very light crew. We only had nine talented people. The company before me, it was a different style of leadership. Whereas, I so started what was it, What workings. was
1: that? What was that style?
0: Uh, a manager versus a leader. And what do you think a manager is versus a leader?
1: My definition, more of a manager is someone who tells someone else what to do. Now, that's, I guess, in the more old school sense. And I'll say the 20th century approach to management.
0: They, they lead by example, authority, you have to, you better, we need to, mm-hmm. do it faster. And so that wasn't easy to do. We have we have routine meetings that we go through and we talk about what the difference is and we've changed.
1: So you actually talk to everyone at the company, what the difference is between a manager and a leader?
0: Oh yeah. Everyone, because we're a small company, I can talk to everyone. Mm-hmm. And we've made incredible changes. If you talk to my leaders now i trust them 100 they get all the trust in the world and they do a fantastic job and they will tell you that they work 100 different than they used to and for example as we had a person who we called the white whale who had never come in on a saturday Mm -hmm. but now they you know they're always here on a saturday now why and because they want to be because the environment's different and they. So, how
1: did you change the environment what was the Mm -hmm. environment before where they wouldn't want to come in
0: by authority talk at them not with them you don't even have the respect to tell them why you need it done or why it changed you just kind of say do this now stop that do that and it's not respecting your fellow teammate and I don't think they really had a team before our team is incredibly strong right now when we add new people into our team you know they can't believe it there's a little shock and awe but they think it's kind of fake at first but they always come around and go this place is great it's awesome and That's my hope, is to create a good foundation that we can just now inject people to and all that hard work is done.
1: How would you describe your leadership style? Chaotic. Okay.
0: (laughs) I am a quick start, as you know. I have a lot of ideas and I want a lot of things done now. I don't like waiting on things. Well,
1: you, you are not able to do everything yourself. So if you have tasks or goals or plans that involve other people... How do you lead them? How do you get them to act in the way that is in the best interests of approved sheet metal?
0: First, it takes putting people in the right places. We moved a lot of people around. We let people learn things. Some people don't let people grow in the company. I'm wide open. If you want to learn anything in the shop, tell me. I'll make Mm -hmm. the time to do that. And those people that learn the new skill set now enjoy it so much that it's very easy to, because schedules change. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But they like it. Could you
1: easier. give us an example of someone who was moved from one role to another role, and how did you make that decision, or how did they step forward and say, "This is what I wanted to do"?
0: So we had a time save edge cleaner who is fantastic. You walked back there; the place was immaculate, clean. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we had a team member uh, pass away that used to run our laser. So I took it upon myself to learn, run the laser. And then he recognized what it was. He volunteered and said, can I learn it? I said, sure. So we worked together for a while and now he can run it better than I can. And it's great because he coaches and has trained the people down in the edge cleaning area as well.
1: You talked a little bit about welders and describe their areas before and the difference now and who led the change in their work environment how did that actually get changed
0: so one of the things that about me and the company I want I really wanted a very extremely strong engineering department and we Mm -hmm. have that so now our parts come out tabbed they come out with cleco holes they come out with the thought in mind that we do have to weld this thing in the engineering room so we have mm-hmm. special prints just for them and we anticipate the things that slow them down and remove barriers before they get a job whether it's a fixture whether it's ensuring the materials there
1: did you invest in tools in the welding area that didn't exist before
0: we've upgraded their helmets so they can see better we did get two well, new wait, welders wait.
1: that sounds pretty basic if you can't see what you're Doing, then you're not going to be able to do the best job possible.
0: In the industry, people bring their own equipment in for there's, welding. There's no company that will buy or upgrade someone's helmet if they're not. How much it. do
1: helmets cost?
0: It's very expensive. You know, it's about 300 bucks.
1: <laughs>
0: but <laughs> so, that, so for, you could, for that so you short could, time investment, I mean, it paid back tenfold. And well, you could it looks buy, awesome.
1: You could buy someone a new helmet every year. And what a! inexpensive way to make them feel appreciated
0: you think it's inexpensive I may think it's inexpensive but in manufacturing that is a big purchase well it's a big purchase for an individual
1: but it's not for a company that's an easy win for you in a differentiator perhaps when you're trying to hire a welder to
0: well why did I come to that conclusion because I worked with the person I looked at it you know mm-hmm. I, I observed and tried to look through their helmet and you couldn't see anything. I don't think many people are out there looking through other people's helmets.
1: Did anybody mention to you? No. So that was just something that uh, there's a term management by walking around. You, you did more than walk around. You actually put it on. But it's putting yourself in the shoes of the individual in each of the different roles in the company, perhaps.
0: I love talking high level, like I want to make the place greater or I want to be the, have, happy, but the specific things aren't that hard. You come in in the morning, you greet people, you get to see what they're working on too. Yes, it takes time. You walk around the shop, you understand what they're working on. We have our daily stand up, which sometimes it's just not the right time. What, what
1: is a stand up?
0: It's a time when the the entire company gets together six feet apart with their masks on, socially distanced, mm-hmm. um, that we give co- updates. We talk about some challenges we have, the improvements we're doing. And it's just, again, a, a time to communicate. I have multiple leaders in the shop and they all report on either, you know, late jobs or parts out of programming or some stats that I thought would be helpful if I worked inside the company to know. hmm and then our core goals are absolutely have changed the company and are they the acronym is best Hmm. be better than you were yesterday i think that's just goes for our company and individuals are striving for that and it's very important enjoy the journey which is (laughs) most important if you're not doing what you like sounds familiar if you're on the titanic and you're going down you can scream your head off or grab that last bottle of whiskey or or whatever but I mean the end result's inevitable why why kill yourself about it you know mm-hmm. sense of urgency um we have a, an amazing team and everyone's just on fire they're on all day long which is not easy to do and it's a marathon it's not a sprint race so Mm -hmm. I try and remind people of that. But having a sense of urgency, responding back either through emails or acknowledgement or any of that stuff just goes noticed. And our reviews show that, too, if you look at some of our company reviews. And then T is treat others how you want to be treated. There's tons of things that happen during the day that either you get frustrated at or you want to see improved. And when you approach people, you have to try and think, how would I want to receive this information? And that is transformed our company. And it sounds very simple, but when our shop's doing those those items and core values are for I think internal, not for customers, not to like showboat on. Mm. These are really the values that I want our team members to hold and follow. And that helps our environment be the environment that it is.
1: How long did it take for the people at the company to believe that you actually meant what you were saying and what you were talking about, as opposed to you're just trying to get them to work harder.
0: I'm a high energy individual, and I don't know if they thought it was temporary or not, but I can just run people over with that. And I'm a very positive person. So I've worn a lot of people out that <laughs> thought it was temporary, but I love what I do. I love coming into our building. I love having an environment that's fun and happy and other people are allowed to be happy. Mm-hmm but it was not easy. It took probably six to eight months to really reiterate, have everyone talk about it. You do individual coaching on one of these values are not being had. We have trimmed a couple people, you know, fire mm-hmm. fast as you've taught me as well. Mm-hmm. And it's great.
1: What specific things have you done? I'll call it team building, but Perhaps a better way to put it would be in terms of your core value, enjoy the journey. What have you done at the shop to celebrate?
0: So we celebrate a lot. We do uh, pizza or whatever, again, social distancing, keeping it, you know, half groups and doing it responsible. Mm -hmm. We bought an amazing cake from the Bearded Cake Company. Uh, That guy did an awesome job if you saw on our website, but he put ASM all over it, a little three-tiered cake. Wow. The, the inside was just as amazing as the outside. And we are taking a team adventure this summer. We're going to go take everyone to go go kart racing. Cool. So I think that's going to be awesome too. Yeah. But I've always done that in my last jobs. I mean, you would sit in your office and see my group going out to play golf or going out to the escape room, and that's what it's about.
1: And what would you say to someone who's a shop owner who that's a you're spending a lot of money on something that isn't training or equipment-related or it's, in a sense, seems sort of frivolous. What would you say to them?
0: They must not like what they do because I enjoy this. I enjoy seeing people happy. I enjoy where I come to work every day. And if that's what it takes to keep that environment the way it is, that's success to me.
1: I think that sometimes it gets lost that you spend in many cases, more time at work with the people you work with than you do with your family. And just building on what you just spoke about, if you aren't happy at work, and this is the place and the people you spend the most time with, then that's not a real fun way to go through life.
0: And what I'm saying is not easy. It sounds great. I mean, there's two or three individuals that we have slowly turned over and when you get to the root cause of either why they're frustrated or not as happy you find you know some real issues in the company that you have to address and fix and it does make everything better in the long run but some people aren't good communicators and they care about the company even though you might not think so but I think digging down and finding the root cause and spending a little extra time with those people instead of just kind of calling them off and throwing them away helps your company become stronger, but it's not easy. And I have plenty of other things I should be doing besides that stuff. And you have to make the time.
1: Is that one-on-one then?
0: Yep. If there is a conflict between two people, then you, you have both people in the room. That's something that is just imperative. You can't fix these things on your own, or I can't talk to people individually and try and fix a problem. So you try and have these two talk it out and, You know, we had some of that stuff. Again, we're coming from a bad culture to a good culture. And now some of the people that had the most kind of opposite opinions on are the best people to collaborate on challenges with. Yeah. And it made the bond very strong because everyone cares about where they work. They, They really do. They just show it differently.
1: Yes. What I find really different is that we are on a podcast about manufacturing and we've spent the first half of the podcast not talking about equipment or the facility or technology it always comes back to people and that's what we've been talking about and you could have gone out and bought some brand new equipment and we're going to get into that but if you don't have the people on board if you haven't spent the time building the team then you're going to have underlying problems that are never solved technology is not the cure
0: so let's get to the financial part of this the part that now blows my mind is we do all this effort to give people's paycheck and that's like the biggest expense we have in manufacturing you you know this as well as i do
1: right right
0: i mean the labor is the the absolute biggest expense and it's not going anywhere and you want to give people huge raises and everyone make tons of money but Company-wise, it would be detriment to everyone else. So trying to keep that number happy is probably my biggest challenge in this. And the finance part of it is definitely eye-opening on how much different that is of being responsible for it versus just working inside the company. You just assume it's hugely profitable and all this money is going into your pocket. You talk about these big numbers. It's just not how it happens.
1: Did you change the benefits at all at the company
0: so we went from no benefits to benefits our 401k is really cool whether you contribute or not we put a percentage in your paycheck Hmm. which i thought is awesome and yeah when we took it over there was no health insurance now they have health insurance we have vacation
1: wait they didn't have health insurance before
0: and a lot of our competitors don't if you really dig into that that's not
1: uncommon what other benefits have you implemented or are you thinking about implementing in the future?
0: The 401k is a big one. And, you know, obviously we have vacation times. Was there
1: an official vacation policy before? Did you expand on that? Did you better define it?
0: I don't think anything was official. It's kind of just each individual got their own type of care per se, whereas we have a, you know, a good handbook that was not easy. I mean, obviously you created a handbook too, that takes time and effort. And I like how our handbook is now. A lot of effort went into that.
1: Why did you decide to create a handbook?
0: For myself. And it goes along with trying to create this environment that people want to work in. And it shows that we kind of care about them. And it is a a people first type of company.
1: Anything else you want to add or talk about related to the people or the culture side of the business?
0: I would say that the things I'm saying are not easy to do. And I've almost given up a couple of times as well, but I'm glad I stuck through it. And now it's paying huge dividends. Our team is amazing. We've overcome huge delivery challenges, stuff that we shouldn't have pulled off. And we did, we, they do it as a team. They work together, they pull it around. No one says, that's not my job. If something has to be done two levels below them, they just go and do that. And it's just a very fun and exciting place to work because everyone is aligned with common goals and I enjoy it. But it's not easy and it wasn't easy.
1: And there will continue to be challenges.
0: Which is good. I, I do hope there's more.
1: Giving people the right tools, having the right equipment, having a facility that functions so that parts can be made as easily as possible when you walked into the shop give us a description how you saw it and then what you decided to do and where it is now
0: so our shop is almost the same as when we walked in we really didn't do much the
1: well it's cleaner i'm it is cleaner. assuming
0: <laughs> it is cleaner we have a new building that we purchased which is great and we're absorbing another company and we have 12 team members that we're going to add on to this family Hopefully we have a strong enough team that the learning biosmosis will help from that. And we have the plans to do the nice epoxy floor, the beautiful lights so you can see things. We have a huge layout that we have accomplished that's gonna help our workflow be even better. And we do have a brand new fiber laser, three kilowatt that we purchased. And the challenge to our company, we don't have any anytime someone says issues <laughs> or challenges, I correct them. So I, it even happens at home now, but that one of the challenges is feeding the shop floor. We have an amazing press break area. I mean, we can't bury them, they, they just get through the work. It's, mm-hmm. it's unbelievable. And our welding team, again, is great. So, just feeding more jobs into that environment is where we need to pay attention to. And we have a three kilowatt Amada 2021 fiber laser mm-hmm. that we're going to add to that. In anticipation, we beefed up our engineering room because just feeding this thing is going to be an animal. And that's going to really open our flow up to bring on new challenges.
1: How many square feet was the shop that you purchased? And did you own that building? Did you buy that building? Did you lease it? And then how big is the new building that you're moving into? So the current
0: building that we're in is a lease. It's 25,000 square feet. The Mm -hmm. new building that we are going to own and we can dress up and, make it absolutely beautiful is 21. So it sounds like we're losing some square footage, but we can do a two story office area, which will gain that room right back.
1: Mm -hmm. And why did you decide to buy this other company and buy the building as opposed to stay within your, your current company and bring those folks there?
0: If I close my eyes and picture what I want, the shop just looks beautiful. You have the epoxy floor, the the beautiful lights, the good equipment, the S workflow, and you know the nice offices as you walk into the place. And to do that, all that stuff to a building that you don't own doesn't seem like a good investment. And we're not doing this for a year. We're doing this for many years down the road. So this is what we've decided to do. So any building improvements we do also help that building.
1: So it was a mindset of you want to make lots of improvements to the facilities and you want to have that investment be, in a in a building you own. Yep. And are you an Amada shop then?
0: We are an Amada shop.
1: So the press breaks, is that what influenced the Amada fiber laser?
0: So I love made in America and Amada sounds like it's a Japanese or another country, but the the laser we bought is made in California. So hmm. that fit our company goal per se. Mm-hmm. I do like keeping manufacturing in the U S and not sending our money across seas, (laughs) (laughs) having it recycle where you live. Makes sense.
1: Sure. Did you have a laser before? Why specifically that Amada 3000 watt laser?
0: So we do have an older laser. It's called a sheet dragger. It's a 1212 LP 1212 and it moves the sheet and the head moves one axis as older equipment sometimes it goes down and the service of amada is just phenomenal like sometimes they would show up same day or the next day and with any piece of equipment i think service is the most important part of stuff and to see how fast they reacted for this outdated piece of equipment or how much they cared for our punch press or press breaks or any challenge that we have i'd say service was 80 percent of our choice
1: the talent out there as well is familiar with Amada, probably more so than any other manufacturer is or what what have you seen when you are trying to bring more team members on board?
0: I, I would agree. Amada it seems like a New England kind of known piece of equipment and mm-hmm. lots of resumes. People have run the equipment before, they know about it. The customers that come to our shop go, Oh, I used to run one of those or I know how to do that. Or oh you got these press breaks. Like mm-hmm. our equipment's not unique or it's very, familiar. it just ma- makes
1: it easier to bring the team members on. And you're going to have a beautiful new facility, epoxy floor. But well, what did you do? To, I, I would really like you to describe what you walked into and what you did in the existing facility so that you were getting back to the people so they felt better about where they were. So
0: for 30 years or so, they worked in this place, and you couldn't even see like they had flashlights and lights everywhere and the the lighting was just terrible so one of the first things we did is we put in all new led lights which whatever. overhead yeah mm-hmm. it's an investment we knew as a lease building we probably want to get the money out of it but it, it, it's just a must-have it talk about a bad environment to see stuff we cleared safety was obviously number one in my book as well you can't have this mm-hmm. good environment and people getting hurt so we painted row aisles and made sure the aisles were cleaned
2: uh-huh.
0: the material storage it worked for how they worked, but not for how we were working now with our short orders so we built material racks so now i can just pull the material off you have the material on hand and that was a huge improvement we did buy a new time saver because the time saver they have was not healthy and just it took more time to maintain than it did to actually operate We bought a lot of press break tooling instead of forcing these guys to use old tooling. Now they have nice new tooling.
1: Do you have a particular brand that you like?
0: I think Amada or Wilson's the same. It really just depends on shipping or Mm -hmm. how fast you can get it sometimes.
1: And you are a huge technology guy. Yes. So what was their capability of working with 3D models when you
0: bought it? They had one seat of... 2015 solidworks or something like that it was just this really old version of solidworks so we bought and updated that we have three seats now which Mm -hmm. we probably need more we upgraded the software another reason i went to amada their software to program the laser and punch is very good we enjoy it we think it's fast for it fits the way that we would type we like to work Mm -hmm. the computers were slow we obviously upgraded those more memory bigger graphics cards Windows 7 instead of Windows 10, like it was crazy. We upgraded the servers, increased the internet.
1: When you say you increase the internet, Um, just just the speed? Just the
0: speed, yeah.
1: Sort of getting back to the floor, but also with my technology question, how much money did you invest in these capital improvements, roughly? Too much? (laughs) Well, it's never too much.
0: Our second biggest expense was we bought the service agreements through Amada and we spent a lot of time getting the equipment back healthy.
1: So there was a lot of deferred maintenance.
0: Yep. Which the machine now, people that have seen and witnessed that, we have weekly maintenance that goes on. They enjoy doing it. They come in, they fill out the log books, our, our equipment's serviced right, it's cutting holes like better than ever our punch even though it's old runs fantastic
1: you bought a couple more seats of solidworks yep upgraded to the newest version what other knowledge or what other
0: software did you bring in house so one of the skills i picked up at rapid was software developer so I've, i made our own software system in house to do what everything
1: <laughs> does it make coffee for you
0: not yet. That's an enhancement we're thinking about. It does our schedule system.
1: So, do you have an ERP system? Yes. Is that something you developed or is it something off the shelf?
0: I made it from scratch.
1: What would you say to an owner who doesn't have the skill set that you do in programming? What approach would you have taken if you didn't have those programming skills? what are the most important pieces
0: just when you buy an ERP system, it just comes with a whole bunch of stuff that you don't really use, but it wasn't easy doing what I did either. I mean, just building the time clock. I spent so much time on that, but, you know, I was spending three hours every Monday trying to calculate time cards, the old school way. And, you know, it's just not where I wanted to spend my time. So I spent a lot of extra time making a time card system that I probably could have bought a time card system. So, My approach might not be the best approach, and maybe you just buy something out of the box that fits how you want to work.
1: And what was the time card system that you walked into?
0: Uh, The old punch cards.
1: So they still had the punch cards.
0: Yeah.
1: Were you able to determine what hours were put on a particular job, or was that information just not there?
0: No, it wasn't there.
1: And does your system now track hours on jobs?
0: It does, but. It's never perfect either. People forget to log in or they stay on a job. Or mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the, the white whale that people think they need. Well, we're still small, so I can still handle it. And I can observe and get the information I want another way, per se. Mm-hmm.
1: What programming languages do you use?
0: I like C Sharp or Microsoft with the SQL database.
1: Do you use any of the Microsoft office tools like 365 are you on the cloud with those types of tools or are you desktop based
0: we use like excel and microsoft office
1: but Uh, on the cloud or desktop
0: no we have that on a desktop just easier
1: you mentioned the time clock and scheduling what other things did you program did you think were important enough to jump in first
0: i don't know there's a bunch of stuff we did
1: so it sounds like you are Not willing to talk about some particular items, which is
0: fine, but. I I think in general, I'm, I'm a user and I have to do all this stuff manually. So I just sped up how I would do it manually in kind of a software package that fits my needs and how I want it. I don't know if that would work for other people.
1: Well, I'll say something and then you can go where you want with it. But what I'm hearing is that there are perhaps software packages out there that will automate islands and you decided that there are a whole bunch of open water between the islands that you have the skill set to automate and connect the islands and that is a way to be as a shop more competitive and i would say perhaps for the sheet metal industry and more generally the custom part industry is that's the opportunity is the connection that that sometimes people will call it a digital thread but a lot of times they're just thinking geometry but there's so much more than geometry to make a shop run or any any business you could say a pizza shop and it sounds like some of those things that you don't want to talk about because they do give you that competitive edge and, and make you a little more efficient and profitable. Is that a fair statement?
0: It's fair. Okay.
1: So you've got a good handle now on the financials, uh, on these pieces that you are automating. What have you determined are specific key performance indicators? And I say that, so the common acronym out there is a KPI. Do you have any of those? What metrics are you constantly looking at to determine the health of approved sheet metal?
0: I think the biggest one right now is just our backlog, but we're still kind of developing which items make sense for us.
1: Yeah, how do you measure that? Just revenue, parts, hours? We're
0: just using revenue right now.
1: Do you parse the operations down so that you know even how many parts are in welding, how many parts have to go through the laser versus the punch, or is that not something you're you're looking at yet?
0: It's not something we're looking at yet.
1: What other metrics, then, besides backlog?
0: Late parts. How many quotes? Your win rate. I think Wait. just basic. We're just doing basics right now.
1: So, late parts, though, not everyone measures. How do you measure that? What's your goal?
0: If the part ships beyond the due date, then it's late.
1: No exceptions?
0: No exceptions. Through the battle at Rapid, people were trying to give me excuses or reasons. And I said, why? Why don't I just record it? And then it could just be clean and standard. So I hold myself more accountable to that. And it is important. You know that. I mean, especially in the prototype world, you can't ship late. And we fall down sometimes, but, you know, we try and at least tell them a day or two ahead if we can. And we're, we're, if we're not telling you, then we're struggling and we think we can make it happen.
1: I think you just stated something important because if you don't have the systems to know that you're going to be late, you can't tell them. The other part of the metrics, I want to ask you a little bit about revenue, the top line and have sales increased since you purchased the company?
0: So we doubled on the books and then the last two months we've doubled again. And it's happened faster than I thought where... Exceeding the goals I set off, which is good and we've hit some challenges with that which I do enjoy and now that we're buying this other company a new building, we will keep growing at a very high rate, but the most important thing that I do that I thinks different is because I run the floor and. kind of sales per se is that we protect our floor and we stop or slow down sales which people I don't think people in our industry do enough of.
1: How do you slow down sales?
0: Either we push lead times out or tell customers that this is the lead time we we can guarantee versus want to tell you about or have those discussions with people. I think we talk to people a lot more here than other places. And Don, our sales guy, is just phenomenal.
1: Do you have a standard lead time?
0: Easy parts, it's probably 15 days. And then we can expedite down to like three days if you need it. And then for big assemblies or anything, it's about four weeks but it's not standard. It goes per job.
1: Do you like to do expedites?
0: Love them. We can, we do a lot of same day flat parts and, you know, two day parts with just laser cutting forming. When you add welding, we try and add an extra day or two because, or we'll have a conversation we have a great blog post on this about welding something that I don't think the industry does good enough job communicating is that an internal weld is that a demo weld? do you want that pristine and polished and i don't know how other shops do it but we try and if it's noticeable talk with the customer and get those data from them we did a production run and we did a time step which production is i think we made it fun Mm -hmm. we had um a 500 piece run that we're doing we're doing Shipments every week. After the first week or two, we said, Hey, we think we can do this better. We did a nice presentation PowerPoint. Without hmm. asking the customer, we just sent them one of them with the normal delivery and go, Is this acceptable? They looked at the part and go, Hell yeah. And we took 12 minutes off our process. And it was come to find out it was an internal part that no one saw.
1: Did you give them a price reduction as well?
0: We didn't increase the price. Yes, we gave them a price reduction. <laughs> but and that's counterintuitive too. But for us, we're growing so fast that it was worth taking a little bit less to free up some of our capacity so sure. that we can take on other jobs.
1: Sure. And you don't have to give all the savings to them, of course. We, makes you It makes you look like a hero and you probably make the part a little more profitable.
0: I think what we're doing and why we're successful is, is each customer is different. Mm-hmm. And we have definitely kind of paid it forward in hopes that the, the big orders would come in behind it. And that has happened, which is a risk that I took. And each company has its own advantages or disadvantages in working with. If you if the parts are simple and it's just 3D models and no prints, we love that stuff. If it has crazy tolerance prints or first article inspections, it just takes more time and effort.
1: Do you sort of push those away or to focus on the 3D or?
0: It seemed like a lot of other customers are pushing those away. So we have actually went all in and said let's try mm-hmm. and do this the right way and so mm-hmm. now we have one customer that we're trying out with and well we have we have three customers now because it's already progressing mm-hmm. that they always get that and we just do it and we put the charges in there because again my what job sort of what, is no,
1: fill- this is this is great what sort of charges do you add which obviously makes the parts more expensive but they're willing to pay for
0: so we have an hour, hourly rate that i'm trying to fill the shop up with i don't mm-hmm. care if we're shipping parts or deburring, each kind of area has its own rate. And if we can hit that rate, then we're going to do it. And I can fill that person's job up Mm -hmm. eight hours a day at the rate. Like, why do I care if it's doing this or doing that or doing that? And that's how we looked at it. So each first article is different. Each piece of paperwork is different. And You kind of don't find that out until you do the job, but on the second orders and third orders, we have that discussion and sometimes it goes down and sometimes it goes up. But we're very fair because I don't want to overcharge and then lose the business either. All I want is this perfect rate for the person that I pay for that rate so he has the work in front of them and maybe we can hire more people for that as well. And maybe I can ask you a question too. I think there's companies out there that make their own product and they have their own rate as well too. And if we have the right tracking systems in place, how do we get it so we can just open our floor to their work at their rate? Because quoting is so difficult with these big projects. And I think that's why production's tough. Either you're gonna put too much safety in and overcharge the customer, or you're gonna miss something and take a big loss. And it's easy to do that on the quantity one and two, but when you're building something for six months, like that can either make or break either the
1: customer or yourself. Sure. It's not a question I can easily answer because that's, that's something I, that's something I avoided. Yeah. There is a lot of risk in production and there's a lot more follow through in process and development of process before you even have won the job so that you know what your costs are. they are, and that really comes down to probably customer relationships so that you know that the cost you're putting in, you've got a fair chance of winning. If, well, the
0: material expense just by itself, if you run all these parts and they're wrong or you miss a hole, you I mean, you're, now you're out of huge money. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And there's different percentages, but what I've always heard is that a shop should have a maximum percent of material cost in a part and never exceed that and you determine what that is for your shop but that's a hard and fast rule that a shop should come up with we've gone through a ton here so I want to come back to a question that I think you may have answered in already in different ways but real specifically as a new shop owner what came up over the last year that you didn't expect that caught you by surprise?
0: I think the amount of time that I spent with the coaching and the people and trying to create the environment that I have now, I thought it'd be easier. It's great. Don't get me wrong. It's kind of good going through the challenges and it's probably stronger now, but I think I assumed that was just going to happen because now it's a larger team than I've ever had before per se. Mm -hmm.
1: And conversely, what, were you worried about when you started out that ended up not being a big deal?
0: Well, the pandemic was not a good year to start a business. So there's a lot of fear and FOMO out there. And we went through it. We worked hard. We hit the ground. We individually worked customers and it was a lot of effort, but I think the way that we built it's very strong. And it's not just one hit wonders. We have a lot of consistent customers coming back. I I think the reviews is the biggest payoff. We have 33 great reviews on our website for a year old company. I mean, that's awesome. And hopefully we can keep growing.
1: You mentioned Google reviews. Yep. So that's not something that I've heard talked about before as a way to, in essence, market a job shop, a custom part manufacturer. Why do you spend time on Google reviews?
0: I don't want everyone doing it now, but <laughs> I don't won't. think it's, don't think it's a good won't. idea at all. <laughs> they, they shouldn't even do it. It's really not important.
1: Nobody looks at Google.
0: <laughs> I think it's just confidence in what you're doing. And people took the time to do that. So it's sincere and everyone likes being told it's a good job. And when you're at the top, there's no one that can really do that to you. So that's people telling me that we're doing a good job. And it's confidence in those tough times when I had to keep mm-hmm. going through it and the direction is right
1: so it's fun to share with the team members as well absolutely now that you are in this a year you've got a direction set what do you think really is the biggest opportunities not just for you and approved sheet metal but for custom part manufacturing what are you seeing any trends what's exciting to you about the future of custom part manufacturing
0: I think there's so much work out there and so many individual companies doing so many individual stuff that when you take the time to see what these companies do and you learn about them, it's just fascinating to see how many ongoing improvements there are. And it's really interesting when a customer is willing to tell them their challenges or what their hopes are, what they're trying to accomplish and knowing that we're helping them build that first prototype or refine a product. I wouldn't want to just be a software developer. I like seeing parts... I always like seeing the flat metal come in and all these unique parts going out, and we're actually making stuff that's going to be around for a while. Mm -hmm. And it's fascinating that so many different things can come from just flat sheet metal. Like it's just mind boggling still.
1: So, you at one point made your own motorcycle. Now that you have a really comprehensive shop, have you had the time to make anything for yourself on the side?
0: Not yet, but we want to build a really crazy dangerous go-kart we think that just does burnouts do
1: you have a big enough parking lot in in the new building
0: we do so hopefully you see some nice rubber tracks one day
1: all right all right and
0: as another thing like not my bucket list but as many i always want to get an english wheel in and just try and mess around trying to make the crazy curves for like fenders or things like that
1: what is an english wheel
0: it's how like the the old school metal workers would make a car fender so you can do bilateral curves on sheet metal and it does it by stretching and pulling the material. Kind of like Jesse James, how he made his gas tanks and stuff and his fenders. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you have to buy a older machine? Do they still make
0: those? They make them. They're pretty inexpensive too. It's just actually doing it. Yeah.
1: Excellent. Well, you've always got something going on, some new ideas. So so much fun talking with you, Steve. And every time we do, I walk away with some new insights, a different way of thinking, an idea to act on. Thanks for taking the time to share what you've learned over the past year. I know this is going to be super helpful to other owners who are about to embark on this journey themselves and probably reinsuring to owners who are in the middle of it, like you are. And, yes that roller coaster of ups and downs it doesn't stop but it's reassuring to hear from someone who is in the middle of it who's been through it recently that that's the reality if you got the vision and you stick to it you got a plan you'll you'll make it through and perhaps not as you envision though and then you know maybe these established shop owners who are listening wow There's just some different ways of thinking, ways to think about your team and encouragement just to walk around the shop, right? Yes. This is what we have to do as U.S. manufacturers to build better businesses, to build more efficient businesses so that we can keep our costs down. I I love you just sharing some of that stuff. Anything else you want to add?
0: Just always have fun and don't (laughs) forget to uh, enjoy what you do, right?
1: The air horn. Uh, yep. Always have the air horn. How can people reach you?
0: com or that's our website. You want to quote or request, do that. There's contact information on there. Call our company and we'll pick up.
1: And you personally?
0: Steve at com. Excellent.
1: Excellent. Well, everyone, thanks for listening. I hope you got as much out of this as I did. We are in such an exciting time in manufacturing and Our world is so alive. The opportunity is out there for us to grab, and let's grab it. Until next time, keep those spindles turning and those lasers cutting. Over and out. Thanks for listening to the Job Shop Show podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to subscribe so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. You can also leave an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Not only do I read every single one, it also helps me understand what content matters most to you. Thanks again for listening to The Job Shop Show.